time on episode 294 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. We talk Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 6, Episode 11, From the Ashes. We talk weekly Marvel news and we talk your feedback. I'm Kier from In Defense Of, a fandom inclusion and community podcast that's part of the Gun and Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on this network are individually owned and the opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other really interesting geeky shows at gunageeknetwork.com. You have been granted clearance by director Alfonso Mac McKenzie. Stand by for a shield debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the S.H.I.E.L.D. director. Now it's time for your scheduled debriefing. I'm Director SP. I'm Agent Haley. And I'm Agent Lauren. Welcome to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., a Marvel Comic Universe fan show. The show is recorded on Sunday, July 28th, 2019, live from the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. studios and broadcast galactic-wide via www.geeks.live. Come on and join our live chat as we record. Ladies, happy National Milk Chocolate Day. The best day. I am not celebrating appropriately. I will be when we're done recording. I'm definitely looking forward to it now that I know it's National Milk Chocolate Day. When it, Previously, when I came into this studio here, I did not. So I do have some milk chocolate, though, and I will be consuming. So there. I actually prefer dark chocolate. Me too. Yeah. But, you know, I'll take what I can get. Well, this is milk chocolate day, so yeah. I, I think if you celebrated with dark chocolate, I think it would still be okay. Okay, if you say so. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like a normal person holiday equivalent, but I just keep coming back to chocolate, so. Okay. Well. We're going to deal with all that later. In the meantime, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a fan-based podcast on the ABC television show Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the multiple Marvel small screen series, and the Marvel cinematic and comic book universes in general. Because of Red Shirt S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. If you'd like to talk to us about Red Shirt S.H.I.E.L.D. agents, you can find us at our website, legendsofshield.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 844-THE-BUS-1. That's 844-843-2871. You can find us on Facebook at Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. You can look at us on YouTube at youtube.com slash geek. You can tell your Amazon device to enable Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. skill. You can join our Discord server chat at gunnageek.com slash discord. And remember, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a proud member of the GunnaGeek.com network. couple of things. First of all, I announced last week that the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. show was live on the Pandora app. So just a little reminder, if you do listen to Pandora, you can search out for Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. and you can listen to us there. Another announcement is that Michelle is indeed out today. She is having fun. It's her birthday. I'm going to out her right now. It's her birthday. Yeah. And she's going to party like it's her birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday, Michelle. So she decided not to be here today, although she did the show notes. So once again, she gets writing credit for the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode. So in the meantime, let is move on into the main event, which is us talking about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. 
So Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. from the Ashes, season six, episode 11, aired on Friday night, and this is Sunday, and we're recording on it. So it was directed by... It was directed by Jennifer Fang, who has 17 directing credits, starting in 1998, including such things as one episode of Major Crimes, one of Riverdale, two of The Expanse, which just got renewed for season five ahead of its season four premiere. Yay! One of Quantico, two of Cloak and Dagger, one of The Boys, which is out, what, Friday? Friday, it just was released. And one episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And Haley, who wrote the episode? Uh, it came from a writing team, James C. Oliver and Sharla Oliver. I think we talked about it before. Are they a married couple? Yes, they are. I noticed okay. on Twitter that they were married. All right. So James C. Oliver has three writing credits starting in 2015, including one episode of Under the Dome, two episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Slingshot, and six episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And Sharla has four writing, writing credits starting in 2015. Her credits include five episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Double Agent, one of Under the Dome, two of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Slingshot, and seven of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Definitely veteran writers on the series, and every single time that they write it is great. And I know James is, I guess they're both on Twitter. I'll have to go back and remember. I'm trying to remember her Twitter handle, and I'll, I'll know it before I publish the episode. But yeah, they're semi-active on Twitter, and they love to talk about their time writing. Her Twitter is at Sharla Oliver. Okay, I was wrong. I thought it was a cute name, but uh, Sharla, I guess, is cute. But I thought it was, you know, uh, Avatar name or whatever. But yeah, they talk about their writing experiences a little bit over there. Yeah, and James Oliver is at James Oliver in L.A. Because there are several James Olivers on Twitter. There's a whole lot. The episode was titled From the Ashes. Haley, what about that title? What does that tell us about the episode? Well, From the Ashes is kind of like a phoenix metaphor, so things rise from the ashes. So we kind of see Coulson rising from the ashes, kind of being reborn. We saw Izel is trying to do that with her people, have them rise from the ashes and come back. And also Chromacon might be coming back and rising from the ashes. Chromica. Well, maybe. I don't know. I guess it's Chromicon Chronica 3 that they're looking at doing yeah. right now. But remember, the first rule in data is always have a backup. So I think that's going to come back. And uh, Enoch might have not have lost his recharge pod buddy. <laughs> yeah. When that uh, hunter said that, I was like, it was just very, very raw and painful considering the sheer number of stuff that i've lost because i did not have backups the frustration it, it was very it hit me right there now you can lose stuff due to obsolescence though like i have stuff from way back when i was in college on five and a quarter inch floppy i actually don't have them anymore but they were on there and i have no way to bring them over anymore if i did oh, have them. same yeah i have a bunch of family recipes on a zip drive I don't have a zip drive. I can send you one. It might have a parallel port on it, though. Well, I mean, we used to have a zip drive, but I think we, we just got rid of a whole bunch of old electronics. Mm. So, no longer have a zip drive. 
So we'll see what happens in the chronic cons and whether the data backup is there or if she is lost forever and Enoch's lost his recharge pod buddy. The other dangling thread that we talked about last time was Dr. Benson, and we did get him in this episode. He's back and sad. At least for this episode. Do you think we're going to see him again next episode? I don't know. I think he might have served his use. So talking about next episode, by the way, did you guys see that the season finale is going to be two hours long? Yes. And this series is 13 episodes long, right? Mm-hmm. So that would mean next Friday, we will have the last two episodes of the series. That went fast. Yep, it's going to be intense. It did go fast. And then uh, Legion, which we might talk about next week, or the week after, I guess, is charging along. I think they're on episode seven or eight now. So they've got a lot going on over there. And that's, we're going to cover that just because we covered the first two seasons. And we're just going to get that done with and then return to the Runaways. Also at the end, let's just jump to the end because we kind of jumped to the end already. Flint's back. Now, is this really the Flint? Was he transferred through time and space or was this the creation of Flint? No, I think it's a creation. Yeah, I think this is more lies. Yeah, I think he's like the same thing that Benson's husband was. Yeah, this is Isel trying to hurt them. It definitely could be. I'm not going to rule out the fact that she actually brought the real Flint from the other timeline all the way up. I mean, we have Deke. Deke's kind of the bridge there that says it's even possible. Yeah, but then we also have just earlier in the episode that creation from Benson. And it looked so real. And it was Thomas, even though he knew it was. Yeah, we even though he knew that his husband was dead and he knew this was a creation. Izel told him hey, this isn't real, and it still hurt him that deeply. And she's like, oh, you can just create this again and again, and every time he'll die, and it'll still be your fault. And Mac and Yo-Yo know this is how this works. So I think, yeah, I think, that, I think this, is, this is another creation. I don't think it's real. Definitely could be. Now, the whole thing with Benson, he knew it wasn't real, but it wasn't really Thomas that was the issue he was real I was very carefully listening I watched it twice and the second time around I was very carefully listening to everything that Benson said and it sounded to me like the totality of it other than the fallacy that or possible fallacy that Thomas was actually listening in that everything was coming actually from Benson the fact that he did have some things to drink before he made the decision to pull the plug on Thomas and that he did make that decision and that he thought that Thomas might have heard everything. I mean, I could see that all of that coming from Benson and none of that actually coming from the being that was Thomas. Oh, no, absolutely. Again, it's because she said humans are really only due to our limitations capable of manifesting our worst fears. This is a manifestation of the single worst time of his life. And it's a manifestation of every fear that he had about that worst time that despite what the doctors were saying that thomas was still somehow able to hear everything that was going on and that there was still a sliver of hope and that he was able to detect that he somehow knew and was disappointed that benson had been drinking and 
just all of this stuff that he's just so wrapped up in. If you've ever had a moment like that, you know those little moments and those little doubts, how they come back and gnaw at you again and again and again and again. And this is just the physical manifestation of all of that tangled up in someone that he loved so much. And it's just the absolute worst thing possible. Now, I was thinking in terms of Benson being a scientist and the fact that Thomas was brain dead and that might make the decision a little easier for him, but the raw emotion was still there and affecting Benson. Another big storyline in this episode was Daisy and I'll dare say she was in charge. Now, there was no clear cut chain of command after Mac. I mean, May's been acting as his deputy for all these years. But Daisy has had her own team in space, so she's been kind of in charge of that. So is it okay to say Daisy was in charge this episode? She was acting like she's in charge, therefore she is in charge. Okay. I mean, she definitely has seniority at this point because most of the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents have been S.H.I.E.L.D. agents for like two years. But May was S.H.I.E.L.D. agent far longer than Daisy. So it didn't really seem like there was a clear chain of command. It was just kind of like the senior officers were all kind of making the decisions. Yeah. And you could tell that Daisy thinks that May is emotionally compromised, that she's not thinking clearly. All the way to the end. Yeah. So if Daisy's in charge, Haley, how would you rate her on her performance this episode? A little reckless. Like it worked out in the end, but reckless. She was definitely killing Coulson and willing to do it again, but she came to her senses. So what do you think about the whole Sarge and Daisy back and forth this episode, Lauren? Okay. I really liked that Daisy is just so sure that there's no trace of Coulson, that it's just somebody wearing Coulson's face. Simmons points out that every time something that's, very emotionally damaging happens to her, she runs. We saw it after her dad. Simmons just lists this whole long list of events after Lincoln, after all these different events. And Daisy's reaction is to run. And so after Colson died, yeah, she ran all the way off the planet. And Daisy's trying to justify it to herself. No, no, I never did that. But then she realizes I never read this letter that Colson left to me before he died. So she finally reads it and compares it to everything that she's heard Sarge saying and is like, yeah, no, this isn't Coulson. There's no trace of Coulson in there at all. Despite everything that he's saying about what May's saying about him having some of Coulson's memories. Yeah, no trace of Coulson in there. So she goes and she kills him to try and draw out whatever trace of the thing that is sort of the basis of Pachacuti and Izel. That's those beings because she's like, Hey, maybe we could use this as a weapon. And it's when he's ready to sacrifice himself. And it's when she sees that hint, that core of nobility that she recognizes from Colson, because there's none of that in Izel that she's like, okay, maybe may has a point. Maybe this isn't Colson. But it's something that's grown around a mold of what used to be like a framework of Colson. And she's like, this is enough for me to 
have a bit of trust in this. It's complicated and it's messy and it's sad and it's beautiful. And I really love it. It was an interesting dynamic to go through the whole thing about Cole and everybody is kind of compromised, hoping that there's something left of Colson, as you said. And in the end, uh, we find out that there is something left of it and everybody agrees it's not Colson, but they have to come to emotional terms with what exactly that means. This whole season is a really interesting look at grief. You always, okay, there's a saying that I really like. I found it in Discworld, but I know it's a, um, an adaptation of an Egyptian saying that nobody's dead as long as you know their name is still spoken or as long as the ripples that they cause in the world are still there. And if you look at it through that lens, not only is Coulson still alive in that sense because of the effect that he's had on the team, the effect that he's had on Daisy in specific, but now we're seeing just very directly this representation of their grief, this not Coulson that came back. And, you know, you never really have after somebody that you love dies you never really have just them walking around again even if the person that you love happened to be an identical twin i mean it's that's a whole nother person it's not them and in this case it's somebody who seems to be so diametrically opposed to everything that colson stood for but then they talk to him and they're like okay no there is some core that is based on Coulson and not only that it's like a little ripple of goodness that Coulson inadvertently left behind and we don't get to see the letter that he wrote to Daisy she obviously read it, it was multiple pages but we don't get to actually see it she doesn't read it out loud it's not in his voice or anything like that so we're not quite sure what that is I wonder if we're gonna get a little bit more information on that in the future or we're just gonna leave that lay and uh, move on with the series. If we do, I bet it's going to be the last episode. Of this season or next season? Of this season. Okay. One of the things that caught me several times, and this is just because I podcast on different shows, is that Coulson kept on bringing up that he was built of rage, that he had a lot of rage. Well, in this season, this past season of Legends of Tomorrow, and I believe it was the previous season, so Ray who plays the Adam on there. He played a character undercover by the name of Rage when they went to go to a past in the UK. So think of like the Beatles sort of bands, right? And he was saying he was, he was Rage because he rages against everything. And that's all I was thinking every time that Coulson said Rage or Clark Gregg said Rage. I was thinking, hmm, that sounds like Ray Palmer over on Legends of Tomorrow. I need to catch up on that show. It's just pure fun if you go into it with the same sort of investment and analysis that you do for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you're going to be sorely disappointed. So just think of it in terms of fun. Yeah, I watched the first season and loved it. Oh, the second season's so much better. This is what I've heard. I just need to... I just need to watch it. And once you get beyond the barista and the bird people, it got a lot better. So Haley, this episode, we see Deke and Bobo and Simmons. It's like, I like to think it was like, oh, the science babies is growing. 
<laughs> a little bit. Now, I got a little... Like at the, uh, so when he started, like he was clearly trying to get into their rhythm and he just couldn't. He wasn't there yet. He was just repeating everything that they said. Yeah. He, he just wanted so much to be in the gang. And then at the end, when he, he was one of them and he got to bounce around with them in their sciencey glory, it was, it was beautiful. He got like a well done sort of pat from Fitz and he was just Bobo. so happy. <laughs> he it's all he's wanted all season. It is. It's all he's wanted since. Oh, I'm just so happy for him. And he did figure out the key. It was him. It wasn't grandma and grandpa to him. It, it was him that said, oh, it's the Sonic Residence. That's really what it is. Because uh -huh. he was watching what Sarge was saying in the hallway. And Sarge said that Azel was speaking or was singing or her song or something was yeah. enveloping everything. And then he caught on to that. Her song like vibrates through him or something like that or goes through his bones or something. And he's like, wait a minute. And then, because this whole time they're like, oh my god, they're going to just stab her with a knife or a sword. This is so stupid. This is so medieval. It's so dumb. And then when he taps it and it's like ringing because the, the whole time they're like, well, it's built with this very specific kind of thing. I was like, okay, that's why this works. It works at a very specific resonance that if you know, okay, I don't know a lot about physics and mechanics and all this. I took uh, high school at AP physics and that's where I stopped. But I do remember, and thank you being married to a rocket scientist, that like waves, they can complement each other and knock each other out and flatten each other, or they can kind of go against like with each other and make each other like twice as big. And with this, the plan is to cancel each other out it's like equal and opposite frequencies or something pretty yes. much they're just trying to create a barrier so that Azel can't inhabit anybody and they're doing it via a belt buckle which then gets me to believe maybe shield will finally get the batman belt vibrating crotches <laughs> I think that's for an entirely different line of products i guess wow did not even think of that leave it to lauren to bring it to uh, the surface here okay I'm very good at that. Yeah. So we have two le episodes left this season, 12 and 13. Uh, I've heard that they're both going to be the same night. So we'll just go with the assumption that it was going to be Friday night. The season's going to be over and it went by way too short. So Haley, how do you think this is all going to end? Uh, they're going to beat Isel and not Coulson is going to become a part of the team. He's not going to be Coulson, but he's going to be like substitute Coulson. And start filling the Coulson-shaped hole in our hearts. I kind of think Mac and Yo-Yo might leave. Oh, pull a Bobby and Hunter? Yeah, retire and go find a beach somewhere. I guess that's possible. Leaving Daisy in charge? Yeah, maybe. Okay. What about you, Lauren? What do you think? I think for sure, Aizel's going to be defeated. I know what I think is going to happen next season, which is I think that we're going to end it with uh, or at some point find out that Simmons is pregnant because mm. yeah. Mm -hmm. And we still got to get there. But other than that, I don't know. Yeah, I think Sarge is going to stick around. Maybe have 
a season of him being the trainee like Daisy was in season one. Do you think we're going to get Ghost Rider on the show? I don't think so. He's off doing his own thing. Mm. Did you guys see the late breaking news that next season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. will have a tie-in to Agent Carter? I just saw it. Or I had not seen that. Yep, that could be a possibility. Now, I don't know how big or how small it's going to be. I just saw the headlines, but it is a possibility. I don't even think it's confirmed, but it was on one of the comic book sites that Agent Carter will have a tie-in to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. next year. And I think that would be good. I think that would be good for ABC and Marvel to tie up some of those loose ends because we did get that cliffhanger at the very end that wasn't really resolved. I mean, we've heard what happened there and we've obviously seen Endgame at this point. But it would be nice to have those tie-ins and tied up. Anything else about this episode, Haley? I, I mean, we got Daisy being called Sky for the first time in like three years. That's what caused her to stop. She was all yeah. ready to take the sword and drive it through him. And when Sarge said Sky, she's like, well, wait, wait. She never said, you just called me Sky. But nobody has called her Sky. So that obviously came from his memory. And I think jarred in her her thought process that maybe this is something worth saving mm -hmm. anything else i don't think so okay lauren how is it almost the end of the season already <laughs> yeah it's amazing to me and i always thought that they were running a week behind because of what happened with the nba finals so i'm not surprised that we have two episodes back to back in the finale here but I'm kind of shocked that they're doing it so early because I would think that there would be weeks that they would have on the schedule here going into the fall. But I don't know. It is what it is. And uh, it's been a nice season. I'm, I'm grateful that we've had it. Again, talking about the fact that season five was supposed to be the end because the episode was titled The End. And they've confirmed it. They thought it was going to be the end, but it is not. So this is a little bonus that we got. So it is all cool. So next time we'll be talking about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 6, Episode 12, probably 13 as well. Episode 12 is called The Sign, and we will see where that leads. And hopefully Michelle will be back here and give all of her thoughts of the last, I don't know, six episodes or so that she's missed and uh, talk all about the series. It'll be interesting to hear from her how she's thought about the series progress because she hasn't been able to talk to us about it recently. And that's what we'll be talking about. In the meantime, we'll move on into the news. So, Lauren, we have some Blade news again. Yes. So, Wesley Snipes has responded to Marvel rebooting Blade. A lot of people were like, oh, my God, but Wesley Snipes still exists. And Wesley Snipes talked to comicbook.com, gave them a statement, and has said, to all the daywalkers losing their minds right now, chillax. Although the news comes as a surprise, it's all good. Such is the business of entertainment. Much peace to the MCU crew, always a fan. Honor and respect to the Grandmaster Stan. Congratulations and salam to Mahershala Ali, a beautiful and talented artist whose expressions I look forward to experiencing for many years to come. Inshallah, we will someday work together. Most importantly to my loyal fans, the incredible outpouring of love is overwhelming. I'm grateful for the never-ending support, so nah, fret, nah, worry. It's not the end of the story. Welcome to the Daywalker Click. 
That was nice. I mean, he could have handled it a, a dozen different ways, and I'm grateful that he handled it this way because Blade is a series where a lot of people have a lot of likes and love for. Yeah, it was one that I absolutely adored when I was in high school. So I still love the first couple movies. And I mean, Blade 3, it's not great, but it's still a lot of fun. Okay. So moving on, we have some news from the MCU. Okay. So this is in regards to the Shang-Chi movie. While Asian Americans are in general really, really happy to finally be getting a movie, like a headlining movie, Chinese fans are less happy. There's a site called Weibo, which is like China's Twitter. And a significant number of users on there are not really that enthusiastic. In fact, there's a whole bunch of hashtags on there about that. So it kind of goes back to the origins of the comic and the origins of the character. Shang-Chi was originally planned in the comics as an adaptation of the popular television series Kung Fu. They couldn't get the rights, so they decided to do their own thing. And, uh, okay, after originally Shang-Chi's big bad guy was Fu Manchu, who, if you know anything about that character, is a super racist caricature bad guy who's been traditionally played by white guys in yellow face in the movies. After Marvel's license for Fu Manchu expired, the character was pretty much largely dropped from his stories. So the Mandarin, who is the bad guy in the movie for this upcoming one, has also had a history as a really horrible, offensive stereotype in the comics. In fact, he was originally drawn with really awful yellow skin. They tried to be like, oh, we're not racist. We'll draw him green like that's any better. And yeah, it's, it's not great. There's been a lot of attempts in recent years to try and fix a lot of the really questionable stuff about the characters, both Shang-Chi and the Mandarin in the comics. So... Yeah, it's really, hopefully, because this is actually being done by a team of Asian and Asian-American people, there's going to be a sense of, hey, here's what's cool, here's what's not. But Hollywood has traditionally not been great about stereotypes. So it's one of those, just so you know, here's the origins of these characters. If you see people unhappy about this, it's not because they're mad that a comic book movie is happening it's because here's the really really questionable history behind all of this yeah it'll be interesting going forward this is a new line in the mcu so there might not be a lot of mainstream looks at it yet from the united states but it's interesting to have these yeah these uh reactions from china Moving on, there is some news about Venom 2, and I'm kind of shocked that there is a Venom 2 movie. I didn't realize that. <laughs> well, I mean, it had a pretty positive, okay, not a great critical reaction, but a pretty good crowd reaction. Anyway, Ruben Fleischer directed the first movie last year, but he's in post-production on Zombieland Double Tap, so he's not coming back. 
Sources tell Variety that Andy Serkis, a.k.a. Gollum, Bumblebee director Travis Knight, and Rupert Wyatt, who I forget what he's done, are among the directors meeting for the coveted job on the film. Tom Hardy is set to return. Insiders say these are just meetings and nobody has moved on to a front-runner position. I saw a really hilarious tweet from Gavia Baker-Whitelaw from Daily Dot. It was uh, basically, they should just have a meeting, figure out which director is the, has the horniest take on the movie, and that was the winner. <laughs> All righty. Again, we know where Lauren is thinking today. I didn't say it originally. Okay. You can't blame me for this one. Well, you brought it up. Well, blame the original movie for basically being a date movie. Okay. That movie was horny. Haley, have you seen it yet? No. Okay. It's basically tentacle porn. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So, and with that, that's it with the news. We did have that late breaking news about Agent Carter. So we'll see where that pans out next week. Let's move on into some feedback. All right, Lauren, we have some feedback starting with a Twitter tweet. Yes, we do. So more late breaking news from, well, not really late breaking, but anyway, more stuff. From 084. Actually, this isn't news, but from 084. Davis didn't die in season four. He was attacked by Ada and got away somehow. The untold story of his escape was a running joke in season five. Also, poor one out. All right. Well, it was nice to have that clarification. Um, I guess the Twitter's fear failed me last week, but uh, okay. Yes, thank you. I don't remember anything ever. I sleep and I forget. Yeah, and I don't have time to rewatch things like I used to. Here's the news from at Andy Mingna. Looks like he went through some hard times under Everett's supervision. And he has, and this is in response to him retweeting. First look at Baron Zemo masked up in Falcon and Winter Soldier from, I forget what the account is. I can check. From at Get Fandom is the, uh, the original tweet, and it's pictures of Daniel Brühl as Zemo, and he's wearing, okay, so in the comics, Baron Zemo wears this, like, bright pink mask that I think his whole origin story in the comic was that it was just really sticky. Yeah, it got glued on there. And he just couldn't get it off, so then he's just mad forever. One time. Yes. So here, it's just like, it's more like a balaclava that he's pulled down over his face. And it's also not bright pink. All right. Well, looking forward. I can only imagine that we'll get more of this in the future. So we'll, we'll see. And from at Adana Girl, in response to at Stephen Colbert or Stephen Colbert at home, which is Stephen Colbert saying, I get Natalie Portman is Thor, but I'm confused about how Tom Hanks as Mr. Rogers fits into the MCU. Adana Girl said, Maybe Ming-Na on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood back in the day is really May undercover to protect Mr. Rogers. <laughs> I can get behind that. Yeah. I think uh, Mr. Rogers needs some protection from time to time. Protect Mr. Rogers at all costs. 
<laughs> Definitely. All right. So thank you very much, everybody, for the feedback. And thank you for the interactions on Discord. And from what I've heard, there's been some notes over on the Facebook as well. So thank you, everybody, for that. In the meantime, with all the new equipment and all the issues we've had today, I think it's time to get in the escape pod and drop this one out. Thank you very much to our regular listeners. We really appreciate it. I still see the subscriber count going up. So thank you very much to all of the new subscribers and listeners we have to the podcast. Really appreciate that. And everybody who's found us on the new places like Spotify, Amazon, and Andorra. Thank you to everybody who's gotten a hold of us via tweets, Discord, just everything. We love hearing from you. Thank you so much. Thank you to everyone that's rolling through this very brief Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season with us after a long hiatus, and we look forward to spending the next long hiatus with you and all the other marvelly goodness. Yeah, but we have a lot of good stuff to talk about during the hiatus this time, so it'll be fun. As always, it's Marvel. there will always be great stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's no shortage of content. <laughs> Not with Marvel. So until next time, as we go into the penultimate and final episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for Season 6, I'm Director SP. I'm Agent Haley. I'm Agent Lauren. So bye. See you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us feedback, go to gunageek.com and you will find all our contact information and other shows. You can also visit legendsofshield.com where you'll find our complete archive of podcasts. The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin McLeod, found at incompetech.com and also artists on pond5.com and audiojungle.net. The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of Shield, or Gunna Geek. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the property of the Disney Corporation, Marvel Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended. Kane is a mayor now? Uh, okay. The wrestler. (laughs) Well. I just saw... He's a mayor of... Knox County, Tennessee. Former um, wrestler became a governor. Yeah, I know. It's just... Kane? Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is copyright 2013 through 2019.